Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch and how you can discover this new level of softness with their iconic sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% responded that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They source the rarest 100% organic cotton for an incredible softness to start. Then they skip the toxins and harsh chemicals for a natural feel unlike anything else, and it all comes together with their signature weave. This special design feels buttery, breathable, and unlocks new levels of softness with every wash, and they stand behind their promise of softness. With their 30-night guarantee, you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. If during the 30 nights, you don't love your sheets or feel them getting softer and softer, you can send them right back. No questions asked. So head to BollandBranch.com for 15% off your first order with code ODYSSEY. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into the Odds and Audibles podcast post-game edition from the Oregon Football Coaches Box uh, at Memorial Stadium. Matt Prame, Eric Scopel, post-game edition. Oregon 42-24. Um, my first reaction on the podcast is a little bit different than my first reaction when clock hit zero. Mm. Oregon is not happy no like like the offense puts up let's just pull the stats here up real quick 586 yards of offense almost 600 yards of offense they score 42 points and the theme of the day from dan lanning from bo nix from alex forsyth is the offense didn't really play all that well it's the most by the way yards oregon has or I should say cal has given up under justin wilcox ever Yep. Six years. And it was nearly the most points they'd allowed. I think the most was 45, isn't that? We looked it up coming mm-hmm. in. They get to 42. And you get why, though, because Cal really never stopped Oregon until they got the ball into the red zone. Yeah. There was, I think, one punt early on. First drive of the game. Everything after that, they put the ball like within the 10 yard line. And there were three opportunities they come up with no points when they get a ball down there. They obviously had the interception off Trey Franklin's hands into. Oren Patu's, Patu's hands for interception, and then the two times they're turned away on fourth down. And, yeah, it was a strangely somber press conference from, like, everybody who spoke. I mean, obviously there were things to be happy about Lanning had. He even emphasized that. He's like, look, I'm happy we yeah, won. I think he felt like he needed to clarify it because yeah. it comes across like, hey, we kind of are complaining about a lot of things. But I actually thought it was interesting. One of the last question we asked Dan and I asked was just kind of like, what can you take anything? Is there a positive or anything you can take away from being turned around on fourth? Because they've been so good on yeah. fourth this year. He said maybe they kind of need to get humbled, humbled a little. It's not bit. automatic. Yeah, that it's not automatic. That you're going to get some resistance on those fourth down plays, and they are extremely aggressive on fourth down. That's kind of an identity thing with this this team offensively. Both said the exact same thing, and you get a sense that like, hey, you know, 
it's not always going to be perfect. And to their credit, they still scored 42 points in this game, but um, which, by the way, those listening might recognize. I predicted the <laughs> success. Well done. 42 well done. and 24. I said exactly that. But it was very close to being your score, which was 56-24, if they would have pushed in a couple more touchdowns. Yeah, and I think that's like the big takeaway here is this offense, they score 42 points, six, 600 yards basically yeah. of, of yardage, and they're disgusted. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's too harsh mm-hmm. of a term, mm-hmm. but – that's how I think that tells you how highly they think of themselves in a good way of what this unit could do. Because look, a lot of people make fun of Justin Wilcox. A lot of Duck fans make fun of the way the Cal program is run, how they how they recruit, whatever. But Cal's defense historically under Wilcox every single year is one of the better units in the conference. They don't give up big plays. They make you drive the length of the football field and really earn every yard, every score that you get. And Oregon threw them around like ragdolls when they weren't doing when they weren't imploding themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, I think it's the right type of mindset. It's one that you are happy to see walking away from this game is they score 42 points, 586 yards of total offense, and they are not happy. And that tells you the potential this team has for future games, which Bo even brought up. Yeah. Like we we need to be careful because this couldn't. This might not happen down the road against tougher teams. Against a little better competition that has a stronger offense, say a Washington, a Utah, maybe even an Oregon State. This might not be a win. This is a close game that comes down to the wire. And you also have to acknowledge that, like, um, one of the things we talked about in the week leading up to it is it was really important, I think, for this team to kind of get some momentum. And in a strange way, I feel like they were able to maintain that yeah. even with because because they're so disappointed with things. Like right, like it's easy to get complacent almost when things are going really well. And you're winning big every single week. They win by 18 points. This was not a competitive game. Anybody who watched this understood it was basically over after the first drive of the second half. At the same time, you do now, I think, and at least maybe this and this is good, I think, like psychology. This yeah. is good coaching from Dan Lanning of of making sure that the carrot continues to be there of like you guys did a lot of things really well, but boy, are there some things that we need to work on. And he ran through after the game. One of the other questions I asked was like, what were some things that stood out? He said, red zone defense, pre-snap penalties. Uh, There's a couple other ones I'm, I'm blanking on it. But there, there are big four explosion five, plays. Big expo- level for explosion plays on defense. So like four or five things that he pointed like right away of like, we need to do better this, this, and this. There is much, I think, a lot of room to improve with this team. Um, there certainly wasn't a, maybe an area that was even perfect on, in this game, like one specific area. But I think you come away feeling like this is actually maybe somewhat encouraging that it wasn't perfect because the team's taking it kind of hard considering they did put up, again, I, like the most yards that Justin Wilcox's defense has ever given up at Cal. They almost scored more points than Wilcox has allowed at Cal. Um, and you ran, and you win really convincingly at Cal to now be 5-0. and You maintain your first place in the conference, all these sort of things. They, they weren't satisfied is, I think, the easiest way to put it. Yeah, and I, I think that tells you the maturity level and maybe the realization that this team has of, hey, we can still accomplish all our goals being Pac-12 champion, yep. being in the college football playoff discussion if we play good. And they are realizing they're having the self-awareness and the maturity level to understand that this was not our best effort and that's not acceptable. And we have to give that every week because we don't have a margin for error. If they lose, they're you know they're out of the playoff discussion entirely. I mean, we could argue at another time how real it is, right? But they're still in it right now, and the con- the conference championship is theirs to lose. They're in con- they're in sole place 
first place, they control their destiny, yep. and you don't want to have a crack to allow other having to rely on other factors and in, in, in play here. And I think that's I think that's notable. I think that's impressive to see. I don't know if last year's team kind of handled it this way when they had, you know, a lackluster performance or what have you. Yeah. Um, let's shift here a little bit. Um, what did you think of just the run game? I, I was surprised. 174 yards. That's yeah. normally a good number, but their performance wasn't nearly as effective. We saw them get stepped multiple times on fourth downs, mm-hmm. um, fourth and shorts in particular too. Just a weird – overall just a weird game. Like there's things to like, but at the same time there are certainly some things where you were kind of like, that wasn't very good. Yeah, the run game – didn't really ever get going the way you'd want it to. Um, the long was 18 yards. That was Knicks, and that, I think that was on a scramble play. Um, it had been late in the game, too. Yeah, I think it was to convert, pick up a first down. The running backs, I mean, Bucky Irving, 10 carries, 32 yards. That's the most teams contained him on mm-hmm. the ground all day. Whittington had a couple nice runs, 10 for 66. Um, but, yeah, there really wasn't quite the explosiveness, and that's a credit to Cal, I think. And that, that was kind of one of the things we talked about leading up to this. Of You know, they still run for 174 yards, which is – Pretty nice number. It's about 70 yards below um, their season average this year. But uh, you're right. There was a lack of pop to it. And I think a little bit of credit to Cal. And I think another point of self-reflection for the offense, especially the offensive line, because I I felt there weren't – I didn't feel like the holes were quite as big as they'd been previously. And, again, I want to give a lot of credit to Cal because this is the second-ranked rush defense in the conference coming in. This is a rush defense that – uh, our defensive general under Wilcox has always been really good up front. And this is not like a banner year for Cal defense, but there's still talent there. And they were able to really keep Oregon's run game in check. But I think what to maybe put a positive spin on it, what was really impressive was how they countered that with the pass and how certain drives were. Like there's a, some of the early drives was kind of like they, they kind of tried to force the run. I think there was a series where they just ran it three straight times. That might have been the, the I think first it was drive, the first drive right in the punt. After that, they kind of started figuring out, like, hey, we can, we can kind of. Uh, they're, they have, ex- they're exposed a little bit on the, in the perimeter and passing game. Well, Cal, 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 Cal was, yeah, and, and I was just going to say, I think they also figured they could manufacture almost this run game with a lot of running back passes. Like that was one of the big takeaways we talked with Dan about was ten catches, like was 176 yards, two touchdowns to running backs in this game. Whittington had a, had a, re- a receiving touchdown and a couple big ones. Uh, Bucky, the same thing, and even Dollars late had two catches for. Uh, you know, 48 for long yards. And I, I think that was maybe kind of the substitution for a run game where they still tried to push it quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, 40 carries, um, only 4.4 yards. This is, I think, statistically your worst run effort since Georgia. But they were able to kind of utilize the, some of those skill players out in space. And I was really impressed with, you know, really Bo's ability, I think, to just kind of find and, and not force it downfield, right? He has two interceptions in this game, by the way. We have One a- of which I don't really have a problem with at all. I didn't think either were terrible. We had one where Troy kind of drops it. He kind of forced it into – I mean, yeah. I think that one is a little iffy. And then one's the very last play of the half, and they're just throwing a – Trying to get a touchdown. A jump ball. That's, that's in fantasy football, by the way, the most frustrating play possible. You lose two points because the guy's just trying to throw a touchdown on a meaningless <laughs> play that never works. But, you know, who cares about fantasy football? I guess I do. But I do too, but not college. Not, not, and not on this podcast. No, on this podcast either. Uh, Bo Nix – 412 yards passing, 27 of 35. Awesome. Um, 11 different receivers catch passes in this game. Uh, there were a couple drops. We had Chris Hudson drop, which would have been like a 65, 70-yard touchdown pass, probably at worst like a 60-yard catch. Yeah. Um, we saw the interception 
thrown to Franklin that hit his hands. There was another one that got deflected um, that was close to being a touchdown. Uh, so you, you had some drops, and you also had an injury. Yep, and this is a big one. Chase Cota goes down in the first quarter, I think, of that game, and we're going to have to play almost 50 minutes of football without its second-best receiver. Never returned to the field, uh, was in street clothes in the second half. Dan Lanning says it's going to be – they're going to need to get back to Eugene to find out what the real issue is here with, with Chase Cota. And to me, that tells me just if – this is us speculating when the coach doesn't really have an idea and doesn't sound very good. It sounds like he could be out a week. He could be out a couple weeks. We don't know, but it, I would be, I would be pleasantly surprised if he sees the field next week at Colorado. And I don't know how much you need him. Yes. You don't need against, Chase Cota against, against Colorado. Colorado. You, you shouldn't. And we have to acknowledge also that there was a moment where it looked like they were going to lose their top two receivers because <laughs> Trey Franklin goes down, and I have hypothesized that might have been a just a really heady play to take it, kind of take it, pretend like you're hurt, and get you know give an opportunity for the offense to get another free play. Regardless, it doesn't seem like you know they didn't they dodged a bullet. He's not hurt. He played the whole second half and really was kept kind of in check in this game better than most teams. That she had three catches for 34 yards, but. Back to Coda, you know, I asked um, Nick's about that, and he just kind of said, you know, that's a veteran on the field, and he fixes so many things with that experience and his ability to, you know, not just when the ball is thrown his way, impact things in a positive manner. That was a big loss for this offense, and it's obvious. It's obvious the offense found other ways, and it wasn't to the receivers. We were um, you would you would think Thor, hey Thornton, this is your opportunity. You know, he, he had, got in there, he had a catch, had catch for seven yards, probably had his most snaps that he's had for most of the season, but. It was running backs and it was tight ends. And, you know, we have to acknowledge, how about Patrick Herbert? Yeah, get, touchdown. 40-yard touchdown reception at the end of the game. And the tight ends in general, like Malik Himadova, I think that's a season high. Three catches, 45 yards. Um, Ferguson didn't do much, but it's what Dan was talking about is that's a very selfless group. They worry more about the unit's overall success than their individual success. And you saw that today. Two guys, and Maliki and, and Patrick, that – haven't really done much statistically. They all play a ton, right? But statistically, they those two guys really haven't done much yet. And this was by far both our guys, statistically speaking, best games. And he, he praised McCormick and he praised Ferguson for having you know just as much enthusiasm about their personal plays in previous games. But today, for those two guys having big games, I would like a stat check on this from somebody. Uh, when was the last time Oregon had like I think it's almost exactly 300 yards receiving from non-receivers? In this That's game. crazy. You go tight ends and you go running backs. It's like I think that's a Nate Kruger. We know he listens. All right, Nick or Nick. Nick Sorry, now he's not. Now I'm not going to do it now. But Nate, uh, I'm curious on that one. When was the last time Oregon? Because I'm pretty sure that's about what it adds up to. I'm doing the math, looking at the stat sheet right now. It's it's very close to 300. Regardless if it is or isn't, if it's up a yard, it's down the yard. Really impressed with the way that Bo was able to react to. Hey, I'm I'm without some key guys. Seven McGee didn't make this trip. We have to acknowledge that. Um, that's two of your top five or six receivers. And the offense, at least from a passing game, I thought was really effective. And against that wise, it's funny. He was so kind of – I saw him for maybe is the right word. He wasn't down, but he was so kind of uh, lacking enthusiasm in this postgame. You think he played really poorly. You think he even said, I did play my best. Yeah. It was 27 for 35 for 412 yards and had six – was a part of six touchdowns. He ran in three as well on the ground. That was one of the – by the way, we talked about the run game – that was one of the things that was able to work was him running the football close to the goal line. He got in, I think, all three times they really tried that play, which kind of begs the question of 
that one where they do get stuffed, Jordan James get kind of stonewalled, and could they have just kind of put it under center and, and run it there? But um, obviously that did impact the game. It's just kind of a question you have to ask yourself. We're going to take a quick break here. Before we do, we've kind of had some hot take questions after games. Oh. Here's one. Okay. Bo Nix is the odds-on, clear-cut, going-away favorite to win Offensive Pac-12 Player of the Year. I can't think of someone that's better. Uh, Caleb, that, means, that means more to team success. I, I think I would agree he should be the favorite. I think Caleb Williams, because of the market he plays in and because of the team he plays for, is going to be a, a contender. I think uh, DTR, or Oregon being in head-to-head and Bo Nix outplaying him and outclassing him gives Oregon the edge there. And then I would say Cam Rising at Utah, who was the first team all-conference quarterback last year. A lot of good quarterbacks this year. Oh, yeah, very good. Um Rising would be probably the dark horse, but he just got hurt and didn't play in a game. I don't know if that eliminates him missing one game, but those would be the guys. And it, we haven't even mentioned Michael Penix lose the NCAA passing yeah. yards, but like I would say, uh, I would say it's Nick's. I, it's I, I Nick's think, is reward to lose. I think he's ahead personally, and if they if they run the table, which again has happened twice since the Pac-12, uh, or it hasn't happened since the Pac-12, but it's happened like twice in the last twenty something years in the Pac-10 and Pac-12 combined. Uh, I think he has to be. The favor, especially with the season he's putting up. I mean, you you mentioned it uh, on Twitter. I think with eleven touchdowns now, he's like three shy. This is on so the ground. Typo is fifteen. Okay. Marcus Mario has fifteen rushing touchdowns. That's the most in a single season by an Oregon quarterback. That's the record, and he has eleven now. So yeah. he's four away from tying, five away from getting that award. And you look at this, and they've got a month of November to play football. Colorado next week, Washington, Utah, Oregon State. Um, and then you sit here and say there's probably they, a good they chance. They should have six games. They should have six more games left. I like the odds that he scores five and six, especially when this is like the fourth time this season he's had a multiple rushing touchdown game. Maybe like the third it's time the, he's had three. It's the third time he's had three. Yeah, it was it was uh, BYU, I think, Stanford in this game. Yeah, so he's racking up touchdowns. It's an impressive run by Bo Nix. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, talk defense, maybe look ahead quickly to what this mean, what means moving forward for the Ducks. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right, welcome back to the Austin Audible's podcast post-game edition. Again, 42-24 victory for the Oregon Ducks. Now, defensively, this was one where the stats maybe don't necessarily look bad, don't necessarily look good, but a lot of it came in garbage time. Sure did. Where it was twenty-eight to, or it was, yeah, twenty-eight to ten, third quarter, maybe even thirty-five to ten. I can't remember the the scoring sequences here, but Oregon put a lot of their their second unit in in that fourth quarter and. They moved the Cal moved the football. They scored a couple touchdowns, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Picked up a lot, I think a lot of their yards, at least half probably. Um, obviously, half their points uh, came in, in the fourth quarter. And so you look at this, and yeah, you're not happy that Oregon's defense gave up some points, but a lot of it, again, garbage play doesn't really matter. I mean, from a, outside of a stylistic looking win, 42 yeah. to the the 10 looks a hell of a lot better than 42 to 24. 150 out of 328 yards, I think. Yeah, so very close to half. Oh, so that's sorry, about 400 yards of total offense. But, yeah, about 150 out of 400. I forgot to count the rush yards for the total game. But, yeah, uh, they, they did a lot of stuff with their backup in. And I think if you want to be alarmist, you'd say, man, it's not great that you're giving up two, two touchdown drives, including a really long pass to Cal's backup quarterback. His first touchdowns, by the way, I think as a Golden Bear the same time you go, Oregon was not playing at starters, basically at all. Um, they had a couple, I think their secondary was for one of the drives, some of the veterans were out there, but it was a lot of Keith Brown. Jeffrey Boss, yep. we haven't mentioned, got ejected because of a targeting call. I think that was the right call on this one. I don't know if I've agreed on all of them this year, but I think this one was the right one. Um, so we got a lot of Keith Brown. We got a lot of Jackson LaDuke. We saw uh, a bunch of other guys cycle through, but there were a lot of young guys who hadn't played a lot in on those drives. Yep. Um, overall, I actually felt like the defense played one of its better games. I know Cal's not a great offense, but up until they brought in the back of quarterback, it was 10 points. Yeah. With, with uh, When did they score that their, uh, their, their, their second to last touchdown there? Oh, uh, scoring plays. We'll look here. No, why don't we take a peek? Yeah. Uh, about 7.40 to play. So up until about eight minutes, nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter, they had 10 points. Yeah. I think you'll take that. You take it in part because they kind of force the issues. I, I'm, I'm guessing you're pretty close on your Havoc plays, by the way. Yeah. A lot of sacks, a lot of back plays in the backfield. Tackles for loss. You know, Two interceptions. How, how does, a, does, a, does a kick block? Did that count? <laughs> yeah, I think that so. That should feel like a Havoc play to me. <laughs> yeah, when's the last time we've seen uh, Oregon defense or, I guess, special teams 
block a punt or block a field goal. We almost got a blocked punt too. We almost had a couple we should, times. We should have Dante Manning should have had one in the first half. And then we had Gonzo block the kick. I know the answer. It came in two, 2017. I don't remember the game though. I, I don't remember the play, but that's it's from that's, the University of Oregon staff department. So they they obviously know it's there. Um, yeah. Just can't remember what it was when it, when it came against. But that's how long it's been um, since Oregon special teams were able to make a play like that and and get the ball back. And uh, TV showed a very uh, very happy Dan Lanning mean mugging uh, his his special teams unit as they were coming off in celebration. Um, Good couple of weeks for special teams, by the way, right? They had the onside kick last week, yeah. block kick here. That's nice to have that consecutive weeks. There were some people talking about like, hey, gosh, this team's defense on third down and fourth down isn't very good. And I think some singular plays maybe overshadow the length of this game and how good they were actually were on third and fourth down because Cal was four for 15 on third downs, two for two on fourth. So, yes, yeah. like they weren't good on fourth. But, you know, you, you look at that and you, you, you take six for 17 on third and fourth down conversions combined. I think you're happy with that. You're okay with it, and I think the part that's encouraging is is a lot of those happen in the middle of the game where you're pulling away. Yeah. Um, one of the fourth downs for sure came on when the backup Milner was in, and it was like a fourth and 12, and they, they threw it out there to the tight end. He got absolutely leveled. Um, I think the one thing, and as you mentioned earlier, I think you're a little bit disappointed, maybe a little bit concerned with, is just this was a game where some of the receivers beat Oregon downfield more so than we've seen recently, right? One of the things we talked about in this podcast, it was like, man, teams are, are throwing the football at a higher rate, and there's still 328 yards passing from Cal between the two quarterbacks. But it was kind of like, they're kind of doing it differently than what the stat sheet says. Because you'd go, man, there's a lot of underneath stuff where you have missed tackles from linebackers and safeties and maybe corners. This is a game where they actually really challenged Oregon vertically and had some success. Um, two long pass plays, one for about 57 yards was a long one to uh, Jeremiah Hunter there. Uh, I think that was to lead to Cal's first touchdown that that, uh, that put them ahead 10-7 early second quarter. And you just hadn't seen a whole lot of them get beat over the top like that. I think you're a little bit discouraged. At the same time, I know Sturdivant and I mean, you said Hunter, all week, they've got really they've got, good dudes. They've got some guys out there. I mean, Sturdivant was a top 150 recruit a couple of years ago. Uh, Hunter is one of the best receivers in the conference and was a borderline four-star um, the, I think the cycle before that. So they've got some guys out there. And Plummer, and this is the point we tried to make, was – if you give the guy some time, he's actually a pretty decent quarterback. But he the, issue, no the issue was he didn't have a lot of time. I don't have the exact hurry stats. I think he was sacked two or three times. Um, does it have quarterback hits? It only says two. That seems very low. Well, I do know talking to the staff crew for Oregon, they're going to go back and change some of this. They're going to chart the game. Okay. Because um, they, I brought this up. I was like, hey, this can't be right from a stat perspective. And they said, oh, no, that, that will get fixed. I, I got to think the hurries were probably close to 10. I mean – they could not block, no, especially yeah. when DJ was out there. We, we should know we didn't get an answer on his status. He'd been in and out all game with the injuries. He was playing, yeah. not playing, playing again. Um, but when he was out there, good Lord, was he basically unblockable for California's offensive line. He only finishes the game with three total tackles, but two of them are sacks. Well, and I felt like he had even more than that. Yeah, I know, and I'm looking at Keanu Williams, who I just wanted to shout out, and they have him with no tackles and one pass breakup, but I thought he had a strip sack where he knocked the ball and it was recovered 10 yards behind the line. So that had to have been a, a, a yeah. sack and a forced fumble. Um, I, I wanted to mention it because, you know, we talk about injuries, talk about DJ, it made me think that, you know, Take Taimani did not make the trip. Yep. Uh, it was kind of expected. He didn't practice Tuesday, he didn't practice Wednesday, suffered 
an ankle injury against UCLA. Um, I thought Keanu was, he was the player going in. I mentioned he could probably see an uptick in snaps and he did. And I don't have snap counts here. Um, if they don't have the, the accurate sack and, and quarterback hits, so the, the snap counts probably aren't going to be accurate either. But I think Keanu probably had to have played this season and probably a career high in snaps in this game. And I thought it was really impactful. It seemed like he was in the backfield a lot, made a lot of plays on, on Plummer. So good to see a young player make plays like that in Dorless after the game was also pretty complimentary of him. But I thought they did a great job up front of forcing the issue on Plummer. Got beat a couple times deep, but all in all, I thought the defense played one of its better games. And I know you don't want to see 24 points against Cal, and those touchdowns do count. But as you said earlier, a lot of it was with a lot of backups on the field. And I think, you know, the funny thing is if you look at the stats this year for Oregon in general on defense, a lot of it's been like you got backups secondary, then it's 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 your th- your second and third string guys out there at the very end of a game. Like how many? And this is a thing probably to clean up, maybe ask Dan about. But how many times does a game? It seems like every game the other team scores a late touchdown on the second team defense, and that happens again here twice with the backup quarterback for Cal, which you're not thrilled with. But I thought it was a pretty solid defensive effort overall. I, I one comment about that, and then we can wrap this up. But I saw Jeff Schwartz point out that it feels like, like you said, a lot of these. Teams in the last seven wins, a lot of these teams have tacked on 10, 7, 14 points in the fourth quarter against Oregon's backups. And that could be something that the committee goes and looks at and maybe criticizes or holds Oregon to. Uh, like, well, you know, you have the 49 to 3, and then you've got a couple games where you should have maybe won 59 to 10 and you won 42 to 24. And this is why we're maybe going to put you at seven mm-hmm. instead of five. That's just splitting yeah. hairs here but that's like that's like the margin well, they're working it, at right now. i was gonna say we don't i think you mentioned earlier when we'll get to college world playoff talk that'll probably be tuesday when they release the yeah. first rankings well i think we're gonna have some kind of reaction show to that i know we will um these are the kind of things you might get into yes. this way down the line here because i think it's going to be looking at the way everything projects it's going to be really tight for those last spot or two um and oregon i think will have a shot at it yep a lot of it's going to depend on what everybody else does but you're right. It could end up being kind of a little bit of a situation of kind of like you said, splitting hairs of picking apart it and going, well, you know, they did give up this. The score is, it was 18 points to Cal. Shouldn't Oregon be more than 18 they covered, but yep. it shouldn't have been a little bit more. So, no, I think there, there might be something to that. And, and ultimately, um, you're, you're a little disappointed, I think, with just the way the game ended because it could have easily been more than that. I'm, of course, thrilled with the way the game ended oh, because I, <laughs> I nailed the score. I, I, I got it perfect. Kudos and, to you. And uh, pat on the back. All right. That's going to do it for us here on the post-game edition of the Awesome Audibles podcast. Thank you for listening to the show. We'll be back on Monday with the mailbag. Make sure to send those questions in now. Start doing it now so that we can formulate a big show for you guys on Monday. And until then, you've been listening to the Awesome Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Peace. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event.
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.